Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes <laughs> For American Brews and, and Tunes yeah. Who is right? My name is Steven Johnston And my name is Jesse Titus. And we're back from sabbatical. Whoa, we did. We were on vacation. Well, yeah. not really, but... Kind of. I was well, in, Steve, I was in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, you were on vacation for a while. For I a almost week. fell into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Don't they have, like, uh... From when I was there, they had, uh... Mind you, this is when I was in, like, seventh grade? Something like that? Mm-hmm. They had, uh, like, you know, block stuff that blocking off the side of the cliff. Nope. We could walk straight up. Straight up? Straight up to the edge of the cliff. Really? There was people with their feet dangling off, and we were like, oh, dear Lord, those people are going to kill themselves. <laughs> there must, it must not have been... I remember some barricades. No. Really? Nope. Wow. I mean, there might be certain stretches with barricades. I'm pretty sure I remember barricades. I mean, like, the Grand Canyon is like hundreds of miles long, I think. Yeah. We're, I mean... You'd I, think I was in the like, National Fort, like Park. There were probably, like, signs, though, being like, be careful. I mean, there were signs and stuff, yeah, yeah. but there was no... There was there no. I suppose it would be kind of ridiculous to build a barrack, like a even just a railing. Yeah, I mean you couldn't drive a vehicle up there. Yeah, well, not easily at least. But uh, yeah, you could you could just go up and, and dangle off it if you wanted. I guess they're just trusting people to not kill themselves. And it happens. We looked it up. It really? happens every year. Yeah, people fall Someone off. Fall off. Taking <laughs> pictures or like dangling their feet, and apparently what happens is like when you're dangling your feet and you like. Go to yeah, stand up. To get up. You yeah, accidentally, you accidentally forward. push yourself forward a little so bit. So what that you're makes supposed sense. to do is like slide your butt backwards, pull your legs up while sliding your butt, and get yeah. all the way back, and then stand up. See, what I would do is I would slide my butt backwards, continue to slide yeah. until I was like ten feet away from the Grand Canyon. What I would <laughs> do is just I not dangle up. my feet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was like, I got close enough where I could kind of see, could, like, kind of peer over a little bit, but I didn't get close enough where I would like trip and fall. I was, yeah. I was a little nervous. Dude, it'd be scary. Yeah, I, I remember it being scary. I remember it being it, awe-inspiring too. It was it, like it, if like, there was ever anything oh. that was worthy of the word awesome. Yeah, that was one of them. Definitely. Anyways, we're back from vacation to record episode eighty-four. Eighty-four. It's oh, a, a regular episode. Wow. That means that Jesse's uh, reviewing an album that I recommended for him, and I'm reviewing one that he recommended for me. Yes. And since it's been so long, and if you decided not to look at the title of this album, I mean. Uh, podcast. <laughs> podcast episode. I'm, uh, I'm reviewing the album City of Evil by the band Avenged Sevenfold. And I'm reviewing the album Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Two very different uh, styles of music. Yeah, um, I'd say so. They're, they're kind of related in like one way, a decade though. apart, right? Yes, at least. At least a decade apart. Popularity. Decade yeah. and a half, probably. Decade and a half. Okay. Because um, My Bloody Valentine was like early 90s late 80s yeah and Avenged sevenfold was like early 2000s yeah early to mid 2000s yeah yeah but, uh, but anyway. quick quick side note um if my voice sounds a little weird to yins it's because i'm just getting over a big old cold yep the uh, annual fall cold yeah i think it was pushed forward because it was rigid cold at night times in arizona and yep. it was so dry and the dry elevation heat. i think a combination of all of those three things dry got heat. to me it was like my lips like were chapped like instantly it was so yeah. dry i was getting yeah, dry pretty skin. crazy it was, it was crazy. It's that same way in Mexico. It's weird. If you're in the shade, it's like... <sighs> just kidding. Yeah, I, I brought one sweatshirt. That was it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, you I probably did not needed it. I probably needed it for the nighttime. Oh, I used it, but I, I probably should have brought a jacket too. Oh, okay. Yeah. But 
It is what it is. I'm back. Did you go to that one spot where, uh, I think it's on the Grand Canyon, where all four tips of the state meet? No, I, I kind of uh, wish I'd, like, it's Arizona, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and... Um, Colorado. So, yeah, Colorado. It probably, right? it could be, I yeah. don't know. I know the Colorado River is what's in Arizona, the Grand Canyon. New Mexico, Utah, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah Colorado, yep. Whereas the dyslexic people would say, Coralado. Coralado? <laughs> yeah, I just think that's funny to say. Anyways, Coralado. before we get to that music, uh, let's talk about our beers, shall we? Yeah, let's. Um, we're both trying something new today, as is... As always. Every single episode, usually. Yeah, we don't usually have repeats, or we actually never have repeats. Um, I'm trying one that's pretty old. Yeah, um, you, how long have you been aging? Well, I've say, been what, say cellar, what it is first. I've, I've been say what it is first. Saving this at cellar temp for four years. Four years. Not in the fridge. This has been at official cellar temp. It's the Dogfish Head Immort Ale. I don't even remember that coming out, so... Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's a little plan, a little wordplay. It's like immortal ale, immortal, it's immortal yeah. ale. Uh, it says very here, clever. It is super clever. It is a strong ale, an American strong ale. So it could be like a barley wine, barley wine. Those, type, they're they're yeah. kind of like similar styles. Strong ale is what? What did you say on a previous podcast? Strong ale is really just a catch-all term for strong ales. <laughs> yeah, ales that are super strong. <laughs> um, here's the description of this. It says made with maple syrup or syrup, depending on how you pronounce it. Syrup. Peat smoked barley, or barely if you pronounce it that way, uh, <laughs> juniper berries, and vanilla. Or juniper, if you juniper. pronounce it that way. I saw juniper berries in uh, Arizona. Really? The berries were like really... Aren't they like blue? Yeah, they were like kind of like a, pa- a pale blue almost. Yeah. They were really dense. Like you could chuck them at the cement and really? they would stay intact. If huh. you put your fingernail in them, you could kind of puncture it, but they were really hard. Did you smell one? It was hard to smell them. I tried. Did you puncture it and smell it? Yeah, and it was... Well, then you it? could smell it. I didn't taste it because I, I didn't know like how you could taste it. Because that's what they mm-hmm. use to flavor gin. Yeah. Yep. And, and other assorted botanicals. But. Lemon peel and whatnot. Um, but anyways, back to this. Uh, then fermented with a blend of English and Belgian yeasts and aged in oak tanks. Hmm. Hmm. Very curious. Um. So you're having a big beer too, I guess, right? Big in the idea behind it. Dare, risk, dream, Steve. It's a rogue beer. Oh, if you know, if you know rogue, that that is their uh, slogan. They take an idea for a beer and they go rogue. Yeah, um, this is their honey Kolsch, and it's got a, a B, a couple Bs on the front. I imagine it's um, because of the K and killer bees, K and Kolsch. Yeah, that's exactly why. Bees. Um, but on the can it says, "Dedicated to bees." Situated just across from 40 acres of rogue hops, 119 colonies of bees were carefully kept and fed, and the honey was uncapped, extracted, filtered, and finally infused into a refreshing Kolsch-style ale. So, uncapped from the combs? Is that what that means, probably? I guess so, yeah. I, would, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm guessing that this beer is probably going to be a really nice, light, sweet... Crisp and light. Yeah, I'm hoping that the, from the honey. I'm hoping the honey is not too overpowering. It it, it could be dangerous with that because Kolsch's are, are are like it's a lager style beer from yeah. Cologne, Germany. From Cologne, yeah, or Cologne as the Americans say it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's a, a light crisp lager. Uh, usually yeah. has a little bit of a sweetness to it and a little dryness to it. Um, so the honey might come through a lot. Depends yeah. how much they used. Yeah. Why don't we uh, open our beers and pour them and and see? Sounds like a plan. Jesse has a can this week. Ooh, I have a baby. bottle. Uh, when I opened mine, it wasn't much of a... Tss. No, it was like... Tss. Yeah, probably because I've been aging it for four years. I forgot about this beer. It That's was so not funny. It was not immortal in my mind. 
No. It was like one of those uh, past memories that you just kind of remember sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want to... I just made me remember something. This morning, I I had a dream. I dreamed a dream. A time went by. Um, No, I had a dream. Uh, And it was like a dream that... It's like one of those dreams that people normally have that's supposed to mean something, you know? Yeah. In, In the dream, all of my teeth fell out. I think that's a common dream. Yeah, it was real. It was. Did you it, look it, it up? Was, yeah, it was supposed to be like something like stressful, like you're in some sort of stress. Because yeah, I, I I have heard that that one in particular is a common dream. Yeah, it was it was su- it was super weird though, because it felt really real. Like I, I I dreamt that I was like in my bed and I woke up, and then I like started to kind of like yawn and then like I would like started to chew a little bit. Oh no! And then all of a sudden, like I I was able to like push my teeth like back and forth, and I was like, what the heck? And then it was funny too because I was just like, <laughs> just like them spit out, out all, all my teeth in my hand. It was super weird. These aren't sunflower seeds. Yeah. It was super weird. That is weird. But who knows what who dreams knows? actually mean? I don't know. They could mean something, they could mean nothing. It was interesting to say the least, though. My beer smells very malty, like barley smelling. Okay. Um, it could be that I have a cold that I'm not smelling it properly, but that's what I'm getting right now. Okay. And it is very difficult to see through. It's really, It looks like there's a lot of sediment Yeah, in there. the sediment is really suspended. Um, so yeah. you can see. It's not like sinking. It's just like sitting right in the middle you all should, over the place. You should let me try that first. I will, so you can get okay. a, yeah. a little little taste ski. Mine, uh, mine smells very crisp and yeah. very refreshing. Here, get a sniff of mine and try it before. I won't try yours because I don't want to get you sick. Okay. I've had that one before also. It's, it's a good one. Ooh. You get the way you, you can kind of smell the oak. Yeah, that and a, and a little bit of a barley smell. Yeah, it smells very, very uh, grainy. Yes, grainy is a good word. Hmm. Do you well, get any vanilla or maple on the nose? Because that's how they describe it. Um, Maybe a little bit of both kind yeah. of mixed together, though. It's almost like you get that um, oaky afterbirth. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the, the oakiness uh, or woodiness first and yeah. the barleys and the grains first. And then on the tail end, you kind of get like a little... Little little sniff of sweetness. A little sniff ski potato. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm gonna try this real quick, and then we'll do a cheers, and then yeah. I'll save how, what I think of it until after you. Try All right. It. Yeah. Don't don't tell me until I try it too. All right. And then he's passing it back to me. And um, describe what uh, what your beer looks like and smells like, because I've I've talked about mine already. All right. Yeah. Uh, mine has a really nice hay golden color. And a very, very, very light head on the top. It's almost a small, got a, a small head too. It's almost got a, a darker hue than I might expect from a Kolsch. Maybe, yeah, or maybe it's pretty, uh, maybe spot it's, on. I think it's fairly similar. Yeah, if you saw this, you'd think it could be anywhere from um, a, a light IPA to a, a, a lager, just because of the color. And there is no sediment. No, all, it's it's clear. Obviously. Um, and there are quite a few bubbles. Yes, it's very. Uh, Sparkly. We say we give this a cheers and give it a try. Let's do that. As we always say in American Brews and Tunes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, As we always out. say in American Brews and Tunes. Steve had to hit the low note because he can't hit the high notes. Yeah, my falsetto is deadzo. Down the hatch. Wow. Yeah, a lot of good, a lot Ooh, more flavors yeah. than the smell lets on. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, 
immediately it's definitely oaky. Like mm-hmm. I get a lot of oak flavor in there, which is real nice. It's really dense. Yes, it's very dense. The uh, flavor kind of like comes at you like in the anvil from the Acme cartoons. And perhaps that's because the sediment's everywhere. So every every sip you take, you're getting that nice little bit of sediment. Could be. Um, it, it's got that sweetness in there. I'm, I think I'm tasting a little bit of the maple and vanilla. Like I think what you said mixed together with the uh, on the nose. What I said about yeah. the nose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's really quite nice. Um, the it's alcohol not is, is masked because I think it's, it's, it clocks in at eleven percent. Yeah, it definitely mi- is definitely way more mild than I'm guessing it would be if you were to buy if you were to have drank that in 2015. Yeah. Very yeah. good. I'm I'm glad I ate it. It's very very good. Yeah, I think <laughs> I can't. I have no comparison, but. I'm happy with it, so I'm, I'm glad yeah. I aged it. For yeah, I, I agree. I think it tastes pretty good. Um, my beer uh, is not too sweet. No? Which is very nice. It's perfect. Are you getting any honey? Um, a little bit, yeah. A very little bit. And there are almost some kind of like little floral notes. Like, I don't know if that could come from the honey. It could. It probably might. Honey's come from flowers. Maybe. Well, they come from combs. Yeah, honey but combs. The, the bees get the, the, bees the, get the uh, pollen, from, the pollen the from the flowers. So it's, it's a... Is it a bee byproduct or a plant byproduct? Yeah, you be the judge, science. You be the judge. <laughs> Vegans don't eat honey. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's crazy. It makes sense. It's the same reason they don't have jelly. Gelatin, I mean. Yeah. Because it's made out of horse hooves. Something like that. Connective tissues. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I love It's also soap. the same reason that they do not eat uh, burgers from cows. True. Because it's, it's an animal product. <laughs> They're also not supposed to wear leather. True. If you're a true vegan. I think they're also, uh, what is it? Like what clothing, some clothing has some uh, animal product in it that's not just leather though. There's a, there's all kinds of things. I don't, I don't know what else. But anyway. Could be anything from dyes to materials. Who knows? Enough um, about vegans. Yeah. Anything else to say about your beer? Um, Honestly, it's, it's, it's solid. Yeah, it's a, a like good, it's a, crushable it's a well, beer. Well-balanced, um, a nice, subtle sweetness, and it has that, that classic, like, Kolsch, slight dryness and uh, uh, at the end of the, the mouthfeel. It's really nice. Yeah, I remember enjoying that one when I had that a long, long time ago, probably in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, do you want to go ahead and review your album first? Yeah, I'll start it off. Um, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about or reviewing... Uh, City of Evil by the band Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, my history with this band is that I do not have a history with this band. <laughs> um, I have I have never listened to Avenged Sevenfold before you recommended this to me. Well, actually, that's a lie. I think you've heard one or two songs. I've heard of them. Um, you maybe heard them while they were on, but you've never listened to them. Yeah. Um, and one of my buddies who I, uh, back in Minnesota, he has been trying to get me to listen to Avenged Sevenfold for a while. And then you recommended it to me. <laughs> so I was like, well, now I have to. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, this is Avenged Sevenfold's third studio album released June 6, 2005. Uh, this album was kind of their breakthrough album. Yes. In terms of mainstream, ma- mainstream popularity. Uh, it debuted at number 30 on Billboard 200 chart. It's pretty good. My guess is it, it probably... Re- it, I think it grew big time as it... As it uh... After it was released, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, I didn't know about it when it was released. At least. It also uh, is on many lists that say things like albums you have to listen to before you die, or top 50 metal albums of all time, or mm-hmm. you know whatever else. It's on, so it's on many lists, and uh, a lot of work went into this album. Yeah, uh, the albums before 
I guess, were not as well produced or not as well thought out. Or yeah, they weren't as polished. A little bit disjointed, almost. Yeah, I agree. Uh, big change stylistically, too. Lots, um, of, lots of screaming in the previous albums. Yeah, a lot of that. screaming in the previous albums. The singer, M. Shadow, um, definitely did something different on this album. He actually yeah. worked with vocal coach Ron Anderson. Ron who, Anderson. Who had previously worked with singers like Axl Rose and Chris Cornell. Uh, so a pretty prestigious guy. Worked with a lot of bands. Um, and basically his goal for this album was to get a much more gritty voice while maintaining a clear tone. Yeah. And like a clear a clear timbre, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was so like the words weren't muddled or anything like that. So you could yeah. understand fairly clearly what yeah. he was singing. Because you didn't know it all in the first couple albums. Yeah, or in most metal yeah. albums or most uh, heavier um, albums. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll just say a few things about the album and about my journey listening to it before going into the tracks. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, a little, little background. Um, little background to the schmack ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about a little background on the smackdown? <laughs> well, this band definitely smacks down. They smack something. Also, a lot of like true metal heads sometimes point their nose up at Avenged Sevenfold, especially after this album. Because they like went more produced or something. Yeah, like more that. mainstream and and whatever. But you know what I, I say to that. them? Yeah, calm down. That's I think what I, say. I think one of the the songs in this album is about that. Probably. Um, but anyway, so from what I had listened to before listening to this album, I really did not like Avenged yeah. Sevenfold at I th- all. I think the only song you knew was Nightmare. Yeah, uh, they were. They're they're a very dramatic band. Yes. Um, in terms of their melodic choices, the style of singing, the uh, arrangements of the songs. Um, I mean, in this song, we'll get in this album, we'll get to it later. But there's essentially like a little mini musical. Yeah, and it, it almost this, like a uh, lot of them could be musicals in general. A yeah, lot of the songs. Yeah, but yeah. like this one is actually like based like there's like a story that I mean, follows if, all the way through, and it has like a like a musical theme. And if you heard the next album, weird. You there's a couple ones that do that too. That do that too. Really. Multiple songs. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I uh, I was uh, for better or for worse, probably for worse. I was not very open at the beginning of listening to this album. Yeah. Um, but as time went on, which I have learned normally happens with these <laughs> albums, um, after about like 25 to 30 lessons, I started to understand why people like it. Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's a lot of lessons. You really got to force yeah, yourself. I, yeah, I definitely had to force myself to listen to it because I would A, get turned off by the way he was singing, like the timbre of his voice, because it's very it's like... nasally and kind of, I don't want to like, say whiny, aye, but... Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, like, he's, he does like, he's a lot of weird, weird vowels things, yeah. that he does. Um, but... I eventually got over that. Uh, So anyway, suffice to say, now I understand why people like it, and I don't mind it myself. You just don't hate it like you did. I just don't hate it. Still not your cup of tea, though. It's still my. It's still not my cup of tea, but but I can definitely appreciate it. All right, it's pretty good. Um, So anyway, on track number one, it's called "Beast and the Harlot." Good intro, especially that weird little. Yeah, a very good, a very good first track to the album. Uh, they come in with the huge chugging guitar chords and the yeah. fast drums and the arpeggiated guitar lines that are distorted to crap. Yeah, you know, um, so it definitely showcases what the whole album is going to sound like because this album does have a very consistent like uh, uh, sound to it. Agreed. Very, Agreed, very, yeah. very consistent. Very well done. Like well produced. Um, 
So uh, from what I can tell is this is kind of like an anti-religious song. Could be. Uh, because they, well, they reference uh, Romans 13, 1. Uh, you know, that whole bit in Revelation in that apocalyptic literature where uh, he talks about the ten-headed beast and the the woman riding on the beast. You remember that part of Revelation? I mean, I don't remember that one specifically, but I know there's a lot of imagery like that, so yeah, it doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me. But they're definitely referencing that, and uh, they're talking about this like city of evil that a city is, like, of evil, evil. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, where like all like the sinners go and whatnot, and then they basically say like, uh, "Well, that, that's that's where we want to be because like we don't believe in God or whatever and whatever." Um, it's pretty good though. I mean. Uh, showcasing this song is the arpeggiated guitars. Oh yeah, especially back, during that chorus. Yeah, mm. which uh, come back throughout the entire album. Um, so I'll move on to track number two. I do have recommendations, by the way. Okay, for this album. Okay, and an honorable mention. Just no ratings. No ratings. No. That's that's what I do for mine also. So we're in the same I've, boat. I've really gotten away from doing ratings. Well, me for ones where I don't want to like give zero stars, <laughs> or if every song's gonna be five stars, I don't do that. I mean, I wouldn't give any of these zero. I wouldn't either. I was just making a point. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. We'll see. But anyway, uh, the next song is called Burn It Down. It's track number two. Um, definitely the same themes melodically and melody, uh, musically wise. Fast drums. Very much faster. Um, and this is a song about someone who has been wronged and betrayed so many times that they're pissed and they want to like... Get revenge on that person, and yeah, doesn't he have a good grunt like that in there? <sighs> not in not in this. Song. No, he does it. He does it a couple he of times. Does it I think. In a different one though. Yeah, um, but oh. I, I mean, I like that song. Yeah. Um, as we go on to track number three, called "Blinded in Chains." Mm-hmm. Apparently, not "Binded in Chains." Blinded, blinded in Chains. Yes. Um, this song is even faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I read on Wikipedia. That their drummer trained up to be able to play at 270 beats per minute Jeez. or something the like Rev. that. Is that what his name is? The Rev? It was Jimmy something, but the, he went by The Rev. Didn't he die? Yeah. After the next album, he passed away, I think, from a accidental overdose. Yeah. Sad. He had some drug problems, but he was, he was, he was good. Yeah. Good punk, like a <clears throat> metal take on a punk beat. Yeah. In this song. Yeah, definitely. Because they, they, were, they were definitely influenced by punk. I don't know if you've ever seen videos, but they've covered linoleum before and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. No effects fans and whatnot. Um, uh, this song, a lot of people think this song is about war, like the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. That's actually a later song. Um, I mean, it's, it's at the right time, historically. Yeah, this song is actually just about the quote-unquote war between Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, which is strong as ever still. Yeah, definitely strong as ever. Maybe stronger. <laughs> Yeah, actually, probably. Yeah. It seems a little bit more... Anyway, we won't, we won't get into politics. Yeah. Um, That's not what this podcast there's is. There's a... Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not what, what this, this podcast is This about. is Bruising Tunes, not Donkeys and Elephants. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> That'd be a funny one, though. Donkeys and Elephants? Yeah. If, it, had, have, if it was called that and had nothing to do with with, with politics, Republic. it was just like a zoo <laughs> podcast. A zoo podcast. It's <laughs> a good idea. Just uh, talk man. about different exhibits that are at a zoo in the podcast. Yeah. There is a gorilla. <laughs> that'd be the whole show <laughs> episode one there's a gorilla <laughs> yeah. over all right that's gonna be our spinoff podcast yeah <laughs> except we'll be giving the animals in the zoo uh beer yeah to see what happens we'll liberate their palates <laughs> yeah and their minds yeah um anyway 
In this song, there's a uh, a solo drum fill that happens, and is it the kick drum drum fill? Uh, it's like a whole. It's like a like all the toms and kick drum. Yeah. Okay. Um, the drums on this album, the way they're produced, I'm not really a fan. They're like really tight and compressed. Yes. Which I understand why they did it that way, but it just doesn't. It's not your aesthetic for drums. Yeah, I can see not. that. Yeah, it it's fits like, the style of music. Yeah, and like the sound of this album, yeah. but it sounds. I, it's, yeah, it just sounds a little bit too compressed. For yeah, me. I, I can see that. And also, sure. uh, one thing that I like about their melodic lines is they're they're normally they normally sing like a minor key, uh-huh. and so a lot of the times they'll have they'll resolve to like a Picardy third, uh, to like resolve a melodic line, and it sounds awesome. Oh yeah, they they do a lot of cool. And there's there's one I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but one song where like there's a pre-chorus where they go major yeah and have this like really cool sounding major part you're like what, where does this come from and then yeah. they go back to the minor in the chorus you're like what the yeah what yeah they're they're uh their song structures are all all pretty uh pretty complex yeah they're not simple yeah <laughs> very different from like 182 <laughs> yes uh much more complex than uh, my bloody valentine yeah i would argue that their structures are very simple Mm-hmm. I think so. That's for another time, like in 15 like minutes. Like in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, anyway, on track number four, which is arguably their most popular song. Back country. It's uh, Back Country. Yeah. Yes. You know the inspiration? I'll let you talk about it. I do know the inspiration, right. yeah. Um, but anyway, this song showcases his weird style of singing, too. Yes. Like one of the lines is, I, 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 we'll try to drive all through the night. Yeah. Uh it's but uh it's, yeah. re- it's really catchy stuff it is. but it's it's hard to listen to his voice sometimes <laughs> even though i think he has a very good voice he is you, you got to get used to it though it's it's yeah it's different um but anyway this song is based uh not even loosely uh but on hunter s thompson's fear and loathing in las vegas yeah which was popularized even more by the johnny depp movie Yes, I think that um, that uh, beginning little monologue is a direct quote from yeah, the book. Yeah, the beginning is a direct quote. It's uh, they say, "He who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man." Yes, straight from the uh, from the book. Straight from the book. Yeah. And did you and ever did a, you see the music video? Uh, no, I did not. It's it, it's like straight from the movie. Is it really driving around? Because like I've I, seen the movie one time a while ago, and it's you it's see a him ride. like he's like swatting at bats while they're driving in the desert in one yeah. scene. It's like, like we're in backcountry now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting concept for a song. Uh, because you think about that, just that first line, he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Yeah. Like that is so many Ubermensch. Ubermensch. Yes. <laughs> Except with drugs. Oh, yeah. But but yeah, this song is basically about like masking the pain of consciousness or being a human being with uh, with drugs. Basically. Yeah. In a city of evil. In a city of evil. Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also found out that this song was on EA's NHL 2006 soundtrack. That, that, the video probably, game. that probably helped. The video game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a weird song to have on a kid's sports game. <laughs> they, they put a lot of weird stuff on kid's sports yeah, games. Yeah, true. But like after after learning the yeah. meaning of the song, I was like, mm. yeah. I'm sure no kid would understand, though. They'd probably probably just not. Be like, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I heard this song when I was in middle school just because the music video. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. You're but I like, do remember the music video. There was a lot of, it was in Vegas, and I think there was a lot of busty girls and low-cut outfits. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, that is one that I recommend, though. Yeah. It's a good very, one. Very good song. 
uh, on the track number five. That's called Trashed and Scattered. Trashed and Scattered again. I'm dying so low. Yeah. Uh, this is my honorable mention. Um, I'm, I have a guess to what this song is about, and I think it is talking about like critics and fans who are mad at them or something like that. Could be. Um, Very well could not be. Not exactly sure if that's right, um, but this is the one where he has the grunt, like the... Um, play your games yeah after that long fast yes that okay that's where it is yeah it's a I I think that's after that real really like a real thrashy like step down 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 yeah I think that's really catchy yeah I really like that part um on the track number six which is my next recommendation ooh it's called seize the day a little slower, more ballady. A little slower, definitely more of a ballad. It's uh, acoustic driven until the bridge. Yeah, where they break out the solo. Um, and and I this think is. Think I uh, can still play the solo on the guitar. Really? It's the only eventual solo I can ever learn. It is much slower. Yes. There's there's no like fast shredding lines. There's no arpe- There's no fast arpeggiating. No guitar line. No. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is a song. The. Uh, the first line of the song really sums up what the whole song is about. Seize the day or die regretting the time you lost. Yeah. Easy, easy sentiment that can be relatable to anyone pretty much. Yeah. What is the phrase? Carp, carpe, carpe diem. Carpe diem. Seize yeah. the day. Seize the day. Yeah. Carpe diem. Um, the music video for this song uh, shows a story between a man and a woman who are like having a child together. Yeah. And then the guy goes off to rob a, a gas station or something. Goes to gets, jail. Gets put in jail. And then... The woman's real mad, and she's like visiting him in jail. And then whenever she leaves, she gets hit by a car and dies. And he can't go to her funeral. Yeah, because he's yeah. in jail. And he's just so. So it's like, man, we should. dramatic. Yeah, it was very, very dramatic. Yeah, but that's um, that's the band. Yeah, definitely. Very What's, good song. Uh, what well, I think is interesting. A side note is like their singer. He, like he always like in the videos has like weird makeup and always kind of looks crazy. Um, yeah. But I've seen him in interviews where he's just like wearing a sweatshirt, like a hoodie and a hat. Yeah. He's got a scraggly beard and he's like super soft-spoken, like really mm-hmm. rational dude. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's kind of like a, he's like, I, this doesn't seem like the guy who's the, the lead singer in this band. And I mean, I, I've seen him live. He puts on a, he puts on such a persona when he's performing. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's like, I'm sure he's like, doesn't really like to be in the limelight, I would assume. No. Doesn't seem like it. Is, I don't really, does anybody, does any like big singer would like to be in the limelight axel rose probably probably some people i guess yeah um but anyway yeah that that's a really great song just how they structure the song yeah it's a very uh the classic uh you get a a, a peak uh three-fourths of the way through the song yeah you know it's like like a classic good radio hit yeah, yeah definitely it's 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 really really good though um on to my oh, i recommend that song I, I already said that so you've done that in bad um, country yeah both good on, choices on to track number seven which is my third recommendation whoa it's called sidewinder and it is a song sung from the perspective of a sidewinder which is a snake those ones in the desert yeah the very venomous snake yeah um that's pretty much it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about it's the point of view from a snake um but i guess like there could be a metaphor for like people who are in the desert people who are generally like volatile towards other people or something yeah. like that um this song, uh, the beginning is like a real rager. Like this, this, this is the uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's the beginning. I love that beginning. And then it's like, um, and it also has a really cool outro, where it goes into like this almost like Spanish style guitar feel, more flamenco than mariachi. Yeah, flamenco. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant, flamenco. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool, and like they're like dueling guitars, and if you're listening with headphones, you can. It sounds really cool. It's like diddle-loo, diddle-loo. Diddle-loo, diddle-loo, in like the right and left of your uh, headphones. Mm-hmm. It sounds sounds really cool. It's where the arrangement shines. Yes. Um, on to track number acht, or as Americans say, eight. eight. Or even uh, if you're from Britain, you say eight. 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 <laughs> eight, a sandwich. Eight, mate. Um, anyway, the track number eight is called The Wicked End. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the song is about... How mankind is becoming more and more corrupt as time goes on. Yep. Uh, and uh, in this song, they kind of showcase some more classical sounding music too. Um, in the bridge, there's like an instrumental bridge. Yeah, it kind of it, it almost sounds like it's straight out of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, it gets it gets odd. And it gets really like dark and ominous, and like a lot of oh. It fits in with the time. This is when, like, scene yeah. kids and Hot Topic and emo and, like, gothy things were all kind of fashion all trends. In. Yeah. So Tim Burton was huge. I bet you people, like, I bet you these guys watch Tim Burton films. Yeah. And in, like, a lot of, uh, in their music videos that I watched, they all, like, wore eye makeup. And, oh, yeah. Like, had, like, very heavily. Uh, really dark black hair and, like, streams of hair going down their face and whatnot. Scene kids. Yeah. They all look like uh, more hipsters now, I think. Oh, really? And Brooks Wackerman, the ex-drummer from Bad Religion, is now their drummer. Yeah. Crazy. I remember you telling me that. It makes sense, though. I mean, like... More exciting. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it's probably a nice change for him. Their most recent album is like a prog rock album. Like, Yeah. I should listen to crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that song's pretty good. And a lot of more of the same. A lot of arpeggiated guitar lines yep. and flowing dramatic vocal melodies. Yep. Um, on to track number nine, which this is the song... That is almost like a little play within the, uh, or I'll I'll say a little a mini musical within the uh, the album. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, it has like a wild west, like old western type sound to it. Um, I don't know if you remember how the song sounds too much, but no, I do. It definitely does. Like it's really weird. And in, in the intro, how it comes in too. In the intro, yeah. yeah. There's like those one. Uh, do, do, do. Those one clamshells. Do, do, do. Yeah. Yeah. Shootouts about to happen. Are you walking into a saloon? But yeah, that's basically what the whole story of this musical is. Yeah, it's a musical song. It's about the story starts off with a man who. Uh, his family, his entire family has been recently murdered and he's on the run from the outlaws that uh, murdered them. So it's kind of just his tale yeah. throughout that whole storyline. Um, it's really good though. And so he's like trying to get revenge on them and uh, they also kind of have like a religious note to it where they, the guy asks like, I wonder like how God would view my vengeance if he would view it as just or whatever. Um, but anyway... Uh, that's a really good song. It was called. Did I say what it's called? It's called "Strength of the World." You didn't. And the chorus is "Strength of the World." Yeah. Is on my shoulders. Yeah, I like the song, but I really don't care for the chorus. I send my veins. Yeah, 
is on my side. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was probably one of my least favorite choruses on the album. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird, but I, I mean, I don't really mind it. Um, on track number ten, uh, this song is a tribute. It's called it's called Betrayed. Yeah, and it's a tribute to Dimebag. Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Uh, the guitarist for the band Pantera. Yeah, he was... You know how he died? Yeah, a fan murdered him. Shot him on stage. Yeah. Crazy. Super crazy. Um, so that is... Uh, that happened in 2004, so this album came out in 2005. So yeah. they wrote a tribute song to him. That's what that song's about. Um, and under the last song, it's called M.I.A. M.I.A. And this song is the song about the war in Iraq. Yes. Um, and basically, uh, in some interview... It's a long song, too, right? It is. It's like, it's like nine, nine, something? nine minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in an interview, uh, M. Shadow said that the band's not political in any way. Uh, this is just a song about what people in our lives are experiencing because of the war. Yeah. So... It affected everybody. Yeah. For sure. Um, that was the last song. All in all, I liked the album. I'm not sure if all... <laughs> Come back. back to it anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll check out their newest album and see if I like that. You might like that because it's it's um, definitely different. It's I think it's a concept album about artificial intelligence a little bit. Okay. So it's um, different. But the last thing I'll say is that my bias towards Avenged Sevenfold is no more. Yeah. I definitely understand why people like them and I'll, I'll definitely check more of their stuff out. Yeah. Well, that's the goal of this podcast. It is. Expanding Musical Horizons. Yeah. Especially when you don't like a band at first. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to a very, very different band. My Bloody Valentine's 1991 release. Good year. Good year. Loveless. Good year. Um, not to be confused with the metal band Bullet for My Valentine. They're very different. Also, yes, not to be confused with the unrelated 1981 horror film, My Bloody Valentine. Yes. And its subsequent, I think, 2010 remake. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't it like 2013? No, I was I was in high school when it came out. You're I know that. In high school when it came out? Yeah, I was definitely oh. in high school, but it was 2009 or 2010. Yeah, I Weird. remember when that came out. It wasn't that good. But it was in 3D. <laughs> that was like the, oh, the craze yeah, when all those was, movies were 3D. It was, that was in high school, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was weird. Ugh. Anyways, this 3D. band was formed in Dublin. In Dublin, 19, Ireland. 1983. And they, they gained wow. some... some uh, some traction, some ground after releasing three EPs and a full length. Hmm. Um, that that kind of led them up to to this album. Um, but their genre is hard to pinpoint. Yeah, it's like it has like multiple different names, yeah. doesn't it? If I had to like, if the first time I listened to them, I, I was like, I guess this is noise rock or like new wave or something. Like I wouldn't that. say new wave, um, but my my first instinct was to say noise rock, like experimental noise rock, maybe. Yeah, um, it's very unique. Um, but apparently it led to the creation of what's called shoegaze or shoegazing. Yeah, shoegazing, yep. Um, critics, I guess, called it that because the people on stage were like looking at their their feet a lot. Yeah, their shoes a lot. They're for <laughs> guitar pedals or like feeling the music. That's pretty funny. Um, I think that's why. Um, here's what Wikipedia defines shoegazing as. It is a subgenre of indie and alternative rock that emerged in the United Kingdom in the late 1980s. It is characterized by its ethereal-sounding mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion and effects, feedback, and overwhelming volume. Yeah, yeah that I description is this album entirely. Entirely, entirely yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's spot on. Um, it'd be really cool to see this type of music live. I think. 
Yeah, I, it'd be really interesting. I think they put a lot into the production for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, at the beginning of 1989, that's when the band set to record the album. Okay. So, February of 1989. It wasn't released until September 1991. Wow. Long time. Over two and a half years, which is crazy. Um, the band, which pretty much like the, the creative force... Um, dictator, whatever you want to call him, uh, the guitarist and songwriter Kevin Shields um, nitpicked, and they took so much control that it took so long. Uh, they moved through like I don't know, multiple studios, well over a dozen different producers because they weren't satisfied with people. Wow! Um, and they That's nearly crazy. bankrupt the label, put it, like doing this whole thing. Really? <clears throat> oh my gosh! Yeah, That's it's, insane. it's absurd. But after that whole mess of the production, the album came out to critical acclaim, but it was a real slow burn commercially. People kind of like took Mold, their time. Mauled they mauled it over. Um, people eventually like listened to it a lot, and then it, it turned out it was one of the most influential music releases of, of the 90s and influenced tons and tons of bands like The Cure, Smashing Pumpkins, Radioheads, and a ton of other ones. Hmm. Um, like you, you can definitely hear how this went into... Like the grunge movement, yeah. Like definitely Nirvana had had influence, but they did too. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about dream pop. I think is what they call it, or shoegazing. But apparently, they started the whole thing. Yeah. Um, now I mentioned that Kevin Shields was like picking and control, but uh, I, I downplayed that a little bit. Okay. Um, like he recorded every instrument himself. Really? Other than the drums on I think two songs, and there's one song he didn't do anything on. It was. Uh, the second, I'm sorry, the third song called "Touched." Okay, their drummer did that him, like himself, but wow, that's Kevin so Kevin Shields did everything. Wow, control and, freak. Yeah, a little bit, um, and he didn't sing. It was a girl, uh, yeah. Melinda Busher. Dang, that's name. pretty but, crazy. Uh, yeah, he he did everything. He he knew what he wanted sound wise, and he wanted it that way. Yeah, um, I th- I can't remember if it was an article or in Wikipedia, but um, it, it said somewhere that like he made the producers know that they were essentially there just to push buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Well, yeah, it's pretty uh, funny. But like sometimes like a tr- traditionally a producer will have some kind of like creative some input. input. Yeah, yeah. Not here. Nope. <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, touching upon the sound a little bit more, it's odd. Yeah, very noisy, especially is. if you've never heard anything like this. Definitely, yeah. Um, it almost sounds random at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was random, but the more you listen, the less random it sounds. Yeah, it's definitely not random, yeah. Um, like, there's so many noises going on and just weird layers and all kinds of crazy stuff. And you kind of get used to the abrasiveness and the, rep- the, re- the repetitiveness. Yeah. Eventually, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't make sense to me at first. That's what happened for me. Like at The first time I heard it was actually uh, at Russ's tattoo shop, uh, his new one. He's new one in um, Goodlettsville, uh-huh. Tennessee. Tennessee. Go check him out. Russ. He's awesome. Russ Hickman. Russ a quill. Yeah. The quill. The quill. At Russ Tattoos on Instagram. Check him out. But anyway, the first time I heard it there, uh, he was going through like the top 20 stoner albums according to Rolling Stone or something like that. I, I could see this being one, yeah. And this was on there and I was like, I kind of like this. This is nice. <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to listen. Like I like you had to listen to Avenged Sevenfold a ton. I had to listen to this a ton. Um, on this album, there's a guitar technique called glide guitar. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. 
Not necessarily that. Not like gliding no. with a slide or something like that? Um, I don't know if it was invented by Kevin Shields, but he definitely used it. It's where you, you're strumming a lot while you hold the, the whammy bar. Oh, okay. So it the, the guitar goes in and out of tune, and like it almost sounds out of tune in certain places. Sometimes it just sounds funky. Interesting. Um, so a lot of people thought he used a ton of effects, like a lot of reverb, a lot of chorus. Not the case. Huh. It's, it was that style. I mean, that, he used some, though, I would assume. Probably some, but not as much. Like, it sounds like he uses a lot. He re- yeah, it sounds really like doesn't. he almost has like a tremolo on like yeah. everything. It's not though. It's, it's interesting. That I don't know. Holding the whammy. It's called glide guitar. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. And it sounds odd. Um, there's lots of samples on this album. Um, I don't really know where they are, but they're all over the place. Um, lots of drones, ambient noises, um, all kinds of stuff. And the singer Belinda Butcher, she gets buried a lot, like her voice in the yeah. mix. And that's probably intentional. I think it's intentional. Well, it's either they turn her voice down or there's just so much going on that you can't hear it. Yeah. Probably a combination of both. Well, obviously it's intentional because he produced. Yeah, he he, he wanted it that way. He had all control over um, it. But because you can't really hear the words she says, uh, I'm not going to touch upon the lyrics. Yeah, like, okay. I, I read them all, and you can make sense of them. There's a lot of relationship stuff. It's more like if you if you just like literally just listen to the album, it's more like. Yes. Like it's it's more it's like you're just kind of listening to kind of like Radiohead almost. Yeah, in a lot it's, of in a lot of their songs, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I I looked up the lyrics. I think they're important. I think they're trying to convey a message. Well, if they are, are important enough to mention, then mention them. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not going to at all because yeah. I I don't think they're important <laughs> yeah. to to the album at least. Um, and one more th- thing, um, the album art. Um, I didn't come up with this conclusion myself. I heard some other people reviews. Uh, the first one I listened to was um, there's this YouTube reviewer called Anthony Fantano, the internet's busiest music nerd. Um, <laughs> he's got a channel called the The Needle Drop, and yeah. he reviewed this album and he talked about the cover and how that is a perfect conveying of their sound. Yeah, that like makes it's sense. A, a picture of a guitar with all this pink and red lighting, and it's so like obscured that like you don't know what you're seeing at first. It's odd, it's hazy, and you look hard enough, and you're like, "Oh, that's a guitar. This is music." Yeah, and that's their sound, yeah. right? It's it's a perfect yeah. perfect album. I'm cover. looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, it it's is. it's spot on. Now. <clears throat> Having said all this, uh, I'm going to just reiterate, this was one of the hardest albums to get into. Really? Almost Animal Collective level. Wow. Yeah. Well, get ready for when I re-recommend Animal Collective. Oh, God. I hope not. <laughs> um, so let's just see how this goes, shall okay, we? Okay, we shall, yeah. All right. The first song is called Only Shadow. It's my first recommendation. Only, only Shallow? Uh, yes. Uh, only Shallow. I don't know if it's a shadow. Because of M Shadow. Probably. Um, but this is my first recommendation, and it's Great my song. favorite song on the record. It's a fantastic song, yeah. This was the only song I liked on the first listen. Oh, okay, wow. Like, yeah, I listened to it, and I was like, because I remember you played some in the car, and I wasn't really paying too much attention. I was just like, oh, it's not bad. When yeah. I sat down to listen to it, and I heard this song, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good album. <laughs> and then the rest of it. And the rest of it happened. It wasn't as catchy, yeah. Because yeah. that is one of the catchiest songs This is. On the it's album, it's yeah. more of a, a mainstream sound. It's not as abrasive, even though it comes in and it punches you in the face. Yeah. It's more heavy than the rest of the album, I think. Yeah. Um once the verses hit and you got that like that pulsing drums the do 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 ka do 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 ka and yeah. the, the vocals mm-hmm. it just it's like a real good like driving melody and it doesn't really go anywhere, but it doesn't need to. Yeah, none of these songs go anywhere. Really. None of them do. It's um, almost like they 
created a bunch of loops and then layered them all together to create a song. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned the drums that I did before. This was one of the few songs that was an actual acoustic drum played. Hmm. Um, most of the other songs are programmed. Okay. Um, by Kevin Shields. Yeah. And he prides himself on saying you probably can't hear the difference. <laughs> um, and it's true. I've, I've tried I mean, to listen. I, nev- I never knew. I try. I listen to the other, other songs. And you, you can't so. tell. Um, but it, it's pretty kind of interesting. Um, the vocals are really, really soft. Like the first time I heard this was my first introduction to her vocals. And I almost thought it was a guy at first. Yeah. Kind of like, have you ever heard the Silver Sun pickups? Yep, yeah, sounds like a girl. Almost like that kind of timbre, mm-hmm. slightly with a less abrasive Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, um, it's a weird timbre because she's singing in this lower female register, and it's yeah. it's buried and it's kind of smooth and and it's, it's like so like wavy and like smooth sounding. It she's like it's a con- odd contralto or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting singing in that register. Yeah, and uh, this song really doesn't have a chorus. Mm. Um, and I guess I should just say most songs don't have a chorus on this album. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of verses kind of put together. Um, it doesn't really have a vocal refrain either. I guess you could say that as a chorus, but that's that's kind of the trend going forward. Moving on to track number two, which is called Loomer. <laughs> um, this is a big change, I think, from the previous track in the way that it's less mainstream. Yeah. Uh, but I think it fits more in with the sound of the rest of the album. Mm. I mean, the first song fits in with the rest of the album, but this one more so. Um, it's, uh, doesn't have much percussion. Like there's not really much drums, mm-hmm. but the guitar is just like, doof, 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 doof. it's like the strumming is just like all like down beats. It sounds like down strums. So I would say that's more percussive than the actual percussive instruments on this song. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a choice. I don't know. If you take two and a half years to record, I'm sure everything's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I would hope that everything's a choice. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't just like, Oh, I played it that way that time. Whatever. Yeah. Um, this song, since it's less mainstreamier or catchy than the first song, is really the first song where you kind of, it's less of like a songy song and more of a mood or feeling. Yeah, I think that's kind of the goal with most of the album. Yes. Right, like you like kind of get a general feeling The sounds feeling and, and noises, like the, it clicked for me when I like closed my eyes. Yeah. And like these big layers and sounds and noises kind of just like encompass you and surround you. Yeah. You just... If you get a really good stereo speakers or, or set of headphones and you close your eyes and listen to it, that's when it makes sense. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if you already touched on this song, but the song uh, that has like this one line that's like droning, where it goes, that song. Yeah, that song is where it where it clicked for me. Okay, fair and I enough. think on that first listen when I was getting tattooed, I had my eyes closed probably. That's, I think that's the way um, you have to listen to it. Yeah. And I think that's how the rest of the album goes, pretty much. Um, other than that, like as a song song, not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> but as that experience of like listening to it for what it is, it's good. Yeah. Um, moving on to the next song called Touched. Um, this song I don't think... Maybe it doesn't belong on the album. I don't know. Some people love this song. It's not my favorite. Um, it's the only song that was written and recorded entirely by that other band member. His name is... And I'm going to butcher this. Kolm O. Koyasog. <laughs> Let me see it. It starts off right here. You see Kolm? Yeah. There's a lot of weird accent marks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. Kolm. That's probably right. It's it's from Ireland. Uh, a Kaisug. So it's... A Kaisug. Yeah. So maybe. it's a... What's the their dialect? Like the... Kolm a Kaisug. 
Irish has the well, there's Northern Ireland and then there's Irish. Yeah, I can't remember what, like the, what that accent's called though, but it's it's real like traditional looking. Yeah, it does. Um, but it's like I mean, really <laughs> this, this song's really synthy. Yeah, it's really different sounding. And it's an instrumental. It's the only instrumental. Um, it's relatively short. It is um, very short. Yeah. The only like reason why long. Yeah, the only reason why I wouldn't give this zero stars is there's one little part in the background that sounds like the melodic motif from the song I Only Said, which comes later. Oh, okay. It's that line that's like, and that comes up later in I Only Said. Yeah. Other than that, though, let's move on because I don't really care for Touched. Okay, that's it didn't, fine. It didn't touch me. It didn't touch me. <laughs> it's touched a lot of people, so it's done its job, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, track number four is called To Hear Knows When. Um, this resumes the sound established by Loomer, um, like much of the rest of the album. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, not much percussion definitely. in the song, um, not much melody. Um, again, it's much more about that experience, um, closing your eyes, letting the layers wash over you. Yeah, for um, sure. My favorite part is the last 45 seconds okay. when the song fades out. And there's like this this guitar part comes in. It's like really kind of muffled and, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. quiet. It's like this really cool guitar progression. And it sounds like there might be some percussion in the background of that. But it's, it sounded really cool and promising. I, I almost wish they expanded that into its own song. Mm. But there's got to be some reason they put it there. I don't know why. But, uh, then but it's cool. That leads into... That leads into track number five, which is called When You Sleep. One is, which is one of the most catchy songs, in my opinion. In Jesse's opinion. It's... Yeah. it's uh, I think it's one of two songs that have the big musical motifs. Yeah. Which is the line. Very nice. Um, that repeats over and over yeah. again. I don't know oh, what instruments so played catchy. on. A synth or a weird guitar. I don't know. It sounds um, like a synth to me. It sounds like they'd use that one, uh, you know, like knob on synths? Where I was like, you play the, the notes like. Boop. Yeah. 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 But that that's a very, very much reoccurring motif that pops up. And it kind of goes, that melody motif, verse. Melody motif, verse. And that's the structure to me, over and over again. Yeah. And it's, and it's catchy and it's good, but I think it goes on a little too long. I see. I always just look forward to that. The do, 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 yeah. do. I, I always look forward to that coming back. Yeah. I mean, it's um, nice, but I think it goes on a long time. Uh, the, and this is one of the songs where you can kind of hear what she's saying, too. Yes. I think her vocals the, are the much more up in the mix. When I look at you. Da, 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 da. She better beep boop do. <laughs> she better beep boop down. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that was, I, I it's a good, I, it's I a very popular song. one. And so is the next one. Track number six is called I Only Said. Yeah. I think it sounds very similar um, in the fact that it has that musical motif. <laughs> Probably on that same instrument that you were saying, yeah. maybe the keyboard with the uh, the tone pitch knob. Maybe. And it has that same structure where it's musical motif verse with lyrics. Yeah. Musical, and it goes back and forth. But this one goes on too long. Uh, it's five and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's fine. I think these two songs are kind of like a pair in how they sound and how they're they're structured. Oh, they're structured, yeah, that makes so sense. So I, I think that's why they're put back to back very intentionally. Moving on to track number seven, which is my next recommendation. It's called Come In Alone. Unlike the last two songs, I think the vocal melody is the motif, the shining the star driving, for me. The driving force. Yes. Mm. Um it's slower, a little bit more chill than the previous two. Um but I think the the lead musical motif from the vocal melody is on point, or as we would say, on fleek. 
<laughs> Gotta bring it back. Is that what people say now? Uh, well, they said, that, they said that a couple years ago. Wasn't that two years ago when we started this podcast? Yeah, about eyebrows, I think is what it was initially on about. Fleek. Yo, your eyebrows are on fleek today, girl. But the, the melody sounds like it could come from like a, a, a mainstream pop song. It's a yeah. really cool melody. Yeah. Um, and again, this is a long song, but I don't really care because I like how that melody sounds. Mm, okay. Uh, moving on to track number eight, which is my honorable mention. It's called oh. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, this fits in with the sound of the album, but I think it's an outlier. Hmm. Um, it only sounds like it's just the vocals and guitar. Um, if you listen closely, there's definitely more instruments going. Yeah. Um, but it's not. It's like it's not like just a clean guitar. It's a very, very distorted and processed heavy guitar. Um, but it, like the melody is so like nice, you could almost see this play like played around a campfire acoustically. Hmm. It's weird and different, and it's like really like moody and melancholy sounding. Like almost a little haunting, but it's really cool how it's set up. It's 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 kind of like a little resting point in the middle of the album, I'd say. Okay. Um, I think it's different enough and it's really cool sounding. Worth checking out. That's why I honorably mentioned it. Nice. Moving on to track number nine, which is called "Blown a Wish." Weird title. Like blown I don't know if it's like wish. instead of blown like blown someone, a kiss, someone has blown you a wish, or if they by blowing it they've ruined it. Oh like yeah. The, oh, be, oh, I blew it. Blew, Did they blow a wish? I blew that yeah. wish, man. But since I'm not talking about lyrics, who cares? <laughs> uh, this this gets back to the full band sound. Um, <laughs> but still a little bit more chill. Um, yeah. It's got some weird vibes. Um, I say it's sad, but glittery. Sad, but glittery. Which is really odd when you think about it. It's a little juxtaposition. Ju- Juxtapo- <laughs> juxtaposition? Yes. What Juxtaposed. What did you just try to say? Ju- I tried to say juxtapose, but I got caught up. Oh. <laughs> um, but when you listen to it, I think you'll know what I mean. It's real glittery at first, and then it kind of gets in this like sad-sounding stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. Um, but it, it's cool. It's it's again back where you listen to just the sounds, and let them wash over you, close mm-hmm. your eyes and experience it. Um, or I guess you could keep your eyes open and gaze at your shoes. Oh. <laughs> you tried. I tried. That's me trying to do my oh. That sounded like a like a dog's howl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my voice is not cooperating right now. No. Uh, let's move on to the penultimate track, which is called "What You Want." Baby, I got it. What you what need? What you need? You know uh-huh. I got it. This is no Aretha Franklin song. This is this is my bloody Valentine. Um, this is faster than many of the previous songs. Like they're yeah. putting that real fast one at the second to last song. Yeah, uh, it fits in with like a '90s grunge sound. Um, so it's less of that like big noise wall sound, even though it's yeah. definitely still present. Um, it sounds a little bit more mainstream than the rest of the album, but I, I wouldn't say it's a mainstream song for sure. Mm, okay, um, it's, it's definitely a sound that you probably wouldn't hear on the radio for like another four or five years after this one was released. Yeah, um, they were ahead of their time for sure. Um, doesn't really go anywhere though, so it's a song to experience, not a song to jam to, in my opinion. Mm, okay. Uh, moving on to the last song, which is my last recommendation. This oh. song is called "Soon." Soon. Yeah. Um, this has a nice build up. It kind of starts off with that like drum beat at first. Yeah. And then the, the driving guitars, the like, and then they uh, <laughs> and like I before I knew they were British. Yeah. This song reminded me of. Like a football game, like a, a soccer oh, game. Really? Like a soccer game. Huh? Yeah, I don't know why it, it had like a, a British vibe to it. Huh. Um, I don't know why. It's it's just what I thought of. 
Um, it's one of the most upbeat sounding songs on the record. Yeah. Um, if you look at the lyrics, it's not. Um, but since <laughs> I'm not touching upon them, who cares? Uh, but the sound wise is super upbeat. Like you can like tap your fingers, bob your head. Heck, you could even dance to it. Whoa. Not to go you out like that. I don't want to be too bold, but you can dance. That's pretty crazy. I mean, not only can you tap your fingers. You can is dance. Is that what you said? You can yeah. snap, snap your fingers too. Yeah. If you want um, to do that too. Or slap your knees, slap some spoons up on your knees. Yeah, maybe that's a weird thing. To do. Yeah, but that's like that's like weird country bluegrass. Yeah. Hi, little little do. That's your song. Yeah. Um, this song is almost seven minutes long. It's like yeah, it's two seconds long. shy of it. It's like six. I'm surprised that you recommended it. Then. Yeah. Well, or, it's so long, but it's it's a really fun song. Yeah, like, it's so upbeat and catchy. Like on some of the other songs, like those ones with the melodic motifs, like uh, what were they called? When you sleep, or I only said. Yeah. They seem to go on too long, even though they're shorter. This one, it's so fun. Yeah. I can get past it. Like, huh, I get by it. I'm okay. like, oh, we're seven minutes in. I didn't even realize. Oh, okay. I've been dancing. <laughs> um, all in all, it's a very weird, unique album. Very much so. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's like the best album ever. Uh, I think it's a very important album. It shaped music to come. Yeah. It influenced so many bands. Um, if you wouldn't have recommended, I probably would have never heard of this album. Like I've yeah. heard of the band before. Um, I may have never listened. Uh, and even after a first listen, like if I just stumbled upon it, I'd be like, Ugh. yeah, and right. I wouldn't have keep like, have just shrugged, shrugged it off. I'm glad that I forced myself to, to come back and back. I again. mean, I definitely would have shrugged off Avenged Sevenfold too. Yeah. So this, uh, we're, we're both in the same boat. Um, mm-hmm. they've, they've got some other stuff. I might actually check some more stuff out. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I definitely respect what they did. Uh, they were groundbreakers for sure. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Not my 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 aesthetic or cup of tea, um, mm-hmm. but it grew on me yeah. for sure. We're definitely in the same boat then. Yeah. Oh shizzle, manizzle, but. extra salt on the grizzle. Before we uh, say what's happening next week, let's. Oh wait, yeah, let's finish our beers. Yeah, well, well, or should we say what's what's happening next week first? Yes. Okay. Next week we're doing another one off. One off. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the most recent album by uh, America's and the world's favorite band, Blink-182. Nine. The album's called Nine. Jesse's correct. Do you think that they named it that because they said, huh, eight plus two is ten, minus one is nine? No, I think they were like, we've released nine albums. This will be our ninth album. <laughs> we've had <laughs> eight so far. Aren't people like, wow, this is only their eighth album? Because people aren't counting Buddha. Yeah. Buddha's an album. They released it. Some people are not fans like you, Steve. Well, also, they re-released it and then re-recorded like two songs for another album. Who cares? Okay. Who cares? Who cares? You can re- it's their ninth album. Bad Religion has re-recorded songs. So many bands have. Yeah. It's, you're being stupid, people. <laughs> Switchfoot did. Yeah, Switchfoot did. The biggest song. Yeah. Is it, would you say it's their biggest song? What biggest Dare song? You to Move? Yeah. I would too. They re-recorded that. 100% their biggest yeah. song. Yep. Good thing they did too. Yeah, the new version is much better. Yeah. But they're both good. Anyways, anyway, that's what we're doing next week. Um if you want to recommend an, time. if you want to recommend an album for us to listen to, let us know. If you want to send us hate love just a what's Mail. up. Just send us anything. You can look us up on social media at American Brews and Tunes yeah. or send us an email at uh, uh American Brews and Tunes at gmail.com. Just let us know. We're always always available. Available and whatnot. And what that? And I mean, who's not, not available now that social media exists? Nobody. Everybody's always right. accessible at all right. times. <laughs> You're right. You're very right. Anyways, um, let's uh, 
Say our phrase and finish our beer, shall we? Let's do that. One more time down the low register note hatch. Ah, Thanks for joining us on a fun episode number 84. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and <laughs> American Bruiser Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Bruiser Tunes. Shibbity be